1: Rani, welcome back to Peaceful Ease. It's so nice to have you because last episode just left me kind of on my toes.
2: <laughs> well, it's lovely to, uh, to be back here, Ella.
1: So I would like to continue where we left off. So if you haven't heard the last episode, please go back and listen to it. I would like to start with a quote for the ones who missed the last episode, haven't listened to it just yet. This is from your book, Rani, How to Turn Stress on His Head by Rani Bora. For the ones who haven't read the book, please go and download it as a Kindle or buy it as a hard copy. The quote I would like to share is this, a quiet mind is our default mind when we aren't paying attention to and taking our turbulent thoughts seriously. Now, I'm really touched by this quote and I get just burst times when I stop talking and there's no noise. There's no clutter. There's no argument. There are no discussions. Is this the mind you are talking about, this quiet mind? And is this really our default for everyone, for each of us, and at all times.
2: That's a lovely quote. And I didn't even remember until I, you, you said it out. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's a really <laughs> one. And yes, when we talk about our true essence, see for example, let's talk about when we see a newborn baby, for example, you know, when we see a newborn baby, we just fall in love with the baby, right? because they are just in the purest essence. You know, they are not thinking about anything in because they are just being. And babies are the purest, you know, when we talk about our pure essence, I think we need to talk about age as a new one baby without any thinking going on about what's going on. Where is my mom? I've been crying whenever she hasn't come here and she hasn't fed me yet. Because we know that babies would not have that sort of level of intellectual understanding or to think and problem solve. And so what happens is when we talk about the true essence or when we talk about our quiet mind, that's the natural state of the mind. And everyone has it when, say, for example, when we are in deep sleep, and I'm not talking about just when we are about to go off to sleep or when we keep waking up. I'm talking about just deep sleep. And then sort of there also, you know, the mind will just become calm because there's no thinking going on. There's no dreams going on. We're just having a very restful, peaceful sleep. And it's a metaphor of like, that's how mind is like, and it's just like still water. And the opposite of a quiet mind is the cluttered mind where there's too much going on. And sometimes we might say, but consciously, I'm not even thinking anything, but we still feel cluttered because we are overwhelmed and subconsciously we are thinking, oh, I need to do that. I need to do this. And there's a beautiful sort of metaphor about if someone were to give someone a stick, for example, and say, there's some muddy water in the pond and I want you to sort of clear the muddy water. Instinctively, because we have got a weapon or a tool Our instinct says, oh, maybe we need to just stir the water and then we'll make it clearer. But then we soon find out that the more we try to sort of stir the water, actually we make it muddier. And then at some point we get fed up because it's not working and put the stick down. And what happens after some time, all the muddy water settles down in the bottom and it's all clear. Our mind is exactly like that. We humans have got this power of thinking, we have got our intellect, and it's fantastic because we do need the intellect and look at all the advances in science because of our intellect. But what happens? We overuse it. It's like we forget that, you know, what the intellect is for, and we think it is about us being in 100% control over, of our life. Even though we know that some things are beyond our control, we still think that by overusing the stake... And churning our mind, we will get the answer faster because we are living in a world in a modern age where, you know, just the click of a button, you know, click of a mouse, we get everything at disposal. So we are expecting the mind to work that way. So we get very frustrated if we don't get an answer. So in a way, we are using the stick again and again, and we're using it against us and just like in you know, it's common sense isn't it but at some point we just give up obviously i'm going to have, have a break i'll go for a run i'll go for a walk or i'll just go to sleep and you know deal with this problem in the morning and what happens is when we give that break something shifts because it's like we momentarily keep the stick down, and the, the cluttered mind clears by by itself. And you don't have to take my word for it. Just I'm sure you'll have lots of examples when your mind is very, very cluttered and then you you forget about this, you just leave it alone, and then you come back and actually something makes sense and then you follow your next idea.
1: Has it happened to you, Ella? Actually, I was thinking about it. This morning I experienced such a situation or... I was reading about the coronavirus and I was feeling the anxiety levels or the worry levels increase within. I was like, okay, the worst case scenarios, the good case scenarios. And then there came a point that I realized my mind was just like accelerating. Like it needed more and more information, more input, more videos about the virus, you know. And I said, okay, this is not helping me in any way. And I had to leave. I had to go rowing. And I went for rowing. And my mind w- didn't want to stop. On the way, I was still thinking about the coronavirus. But when I arrived there to the harbor and we started rowing, slowly things change you know I could let go of the news and focus on something new and I was almost like watching the impermanence of thoughts all that clutter all that thought storm you said in your book which is a beautiful phrase slowly died off and then when I came back home there was none of it. It was as if it never happened. I was never into it so deeply. And of course, there's. it's hard to keep the balance, I think, here. We want to be informed about things, positive and negative, but then it's very hard to not to be so involved in these things. So do you have any advice about keeping a safe distance from things that may agitate us or Maybe distance is not the right approach. I don't know. Maybe it's about integrating or accepting. I'm not sure. But do you see what I mean? What would you say is a good approach to maintain a healthy relationship with such negative news around us that are real? Lovely. My
2: simple answer would be Mm -hmm. just listen to your wisdom. Mm -hmm. Listen to your own wisdom. And I think That's something that some people might call an inner voice because some people talk about a critical voice and some talk about inner voice. And it doesn't have to be a voice. But all I'm saying is we know. We know when we had enough. Sometimes we go on and on and on and on. And at some point, we know it doesn't make sense anymore. And just to listen to the intuitive knowing because it's going to be different for different people because the circumstances are different, you know, some people might be, they might have to take action, more precautions than others because of the, you know, where they are and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But for most of us, it is a matter of, you know, we are, overusing this capacity to sort of use the intellect and we use it against us. You know, there's a lovely metaphor is like we have got something, you know, we say we have got a hammer of some kind and we are like hitting ourselves, you know, several times. And then we start having a headache because we are doing it too much. And then rather than saying, oh, what technique should I use to stop my headache because I'm hammering it? Suddenly we see. (laughs) This is what I've been doing. And then it doesn't make sense for us to keep hitting us anymore with it. We just put it down. And so this is what I mean by we all have this intuitive knowing of when something is enough. And this is why it's really important to just go quiet or just allow things to go quiet rather than thinking, I have to know everything about coronavirus, for example. Now, just noticing that we are doing that and rather than resisting what we're doing or making it wrong, really sort of acknowledging that that's where we are right now. And this is what we're doing and just really making it OK, because when we make it OK and then at some point it's like, doing, oops, I had done enough of the information gathering and I've taken enough of the precaution. Perhaps it's time to keep down the hammer. It's time mm-hmm. to keep down the stick because it's not serving mm-hmm. me anymore.
1: So this brings me to my next question. In your book, you mentioned that the source of stress and anxiety is internal. And to me, that was a little surprising and I didn't want to believe it at the beginning because we are so used to blaming external events. Like I'm upset because somebody said this, or I feel like a failure because I couldn't do this, you know, it's, there are always these external events that we blame for, for our unhappiness or stress or anxiety. And you explain beautifully in the book, but could you please give us a summary here, what you mean exactly with the statement that the source of stress and anxiety is internal?
2: I'll do my best because I can't remember how my line of thinking two years ago, but here's the thing. Say a situation happens and we have a perception of the situation. And the only way we can perceive any situation is by our five senses, our conditioning, our beliefs about what should be or shouldn't be, and whether it's right or not right. And so what I'm trying to say is anytime we have any experience, is our own experience. Yes, of course, people do what they do, and sometimes horrible things happen around the world and things beyond our control and we might not have any role to play in any of that. And you know we are just innocent bystanders, but somehow we are affected. But the thing is that our experience is our own. And so even our experience of stress is our own experience of stress. Someone outside, you know, another person cannot give us the stress. It feels like the other person is the cause of a stress and that's how it appears, but that's the power of the mind. We are designed to experience stress as if it's always coming from outside. And maybe sometimes it comes from us, but it's like 99% of the time it's because of my you know, daughter or my husband or my colleagues. And this is how it feels like. All I'm saying is that things do happen. People say what they say, horrible things happen. And our perception of, or our experience of stress can only be from the inside. And that's not saying that, you know, we should forgive people just because, you know, something happened or we should not forgive people. I'm not saying any of those. But when we really understand how the mind works and how our experience is our own experience, and it is always a subjective experience what happens is that we don't have to blame everyone else. We can bl- blame if we want to, but we also will see that when we get quiet and our mind is not cluttered, we realize that, you know, this is not exactly how we experience stress at the time. You know, when we experience stress firsthand initially, it felt like it was 100% coming from the other person or from the external circumstances. After next day, we might feel like, oh, it's, coming from them and it was rest from us. And then later on when we come, down even more, we think, okay, maybe only 5% was coming from outside of us. But all I'm saying is when we understand that our experience of stress is going to be unique to us based on us thinking at the time, how we were not prepared for what was going to happen. For example, maybe we're expecting a raise or expecting a positive feedback and actually there was a negative feedback. Everything is going to color our perception or and our experience of stress. And I don't want people to think that this is about belief or positive thinking. I'm just asking people to take a step back and just look at whether our experiences are coming from outside or from us, and it does seem like it's coming from outside. But more and more, I say to people, like, look, the most important thing that might help you with stress, and this has been over the couple of years that you're talking about what's happened since you wrote this book, Rani, all I would say is rather than trying to analyze where the stress is coming from and whether it's coming from internal or external, I have found that the most Helpful way of helping people with stress is explaining to people that stress is a phenomena. Just like, you know, feeling anger is a phenomena, even stress is a phenomenon. Sometimes we feel extremely stressed, and other times we don't feel stressed. And so, last time in the podcast with Suraj, he talked about the clouds in the sky. And I explained more or less the same to people that the experience of stress is a phenomenon, it's a temporary phenomenon. It will come and it will go. Same like our anger, our heart, and upset and anxiety. So rather than thinking where the stress comes from internal or external, what I have been pointing people to over the couple of years since I've written the book is to really realize that it comes and goes and the intensity also comes and goes. The more we keep stirring the mind Yeah, when we're stressed, the more we keep stirring the mind, the stress gets even more unbearable. And then, you know, we might have a sort of um, people do burn out, you know, stress and overwhelm or they might, you know, reach a point where they are in crisis. But this is why the more people really see beyond the passing phenomenon to something that's more constant about them. And this is the true essence, you know, the intelligence behind life or however you want to call it is like you make it okay. It just feels okay to feel stress in the moment, knowing that it will pass whenever it passes. And that, you know, right now in this moment, we are deeply okay.
1: And when you say stirring the mind in such situations, in your example, would that be like trying to avoid stress or overcome stress? Is that what you mean? Part of that would be you yeah, trying to overcome stress and also
2: some people might then not not even think that Ella but they are they can't help it it's a conditioning they think that the only way to figure out an answer is now and that the answer has to come now so there becomes an urgency that they have to fix things now and so the more people know that this is what maybe people who are doing meditation Pay attention to the breathing, let thoughts come and go and don't have to take them seriously. I think the main risk or main sort of reason for suffering is that, first of all, we identify with stress and we also believe our stressful thoughts, two things. like, And the more we know that we don't have to identify with the passing phenomenon and we don't have to believe them or take them seriously. And I think that's when, including not needing to cope with them or to deal with them, of course, you can understand at the practical level, you need to do what you need to do. For example, if I'm going to my work and I need to see patients and I'm extremely stressed myself, or I'm having a terrible headache and I have to show up at work, I will need to do something about that, right? So, you know, practically you need to do whatever you need to do to be safe including if you have to take time off work. And this is why I say in my book that if you need to take time off work, it's really important not to say, no, 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 I can't afford to take time off work X, Y, Z. You really need to listen to your body. You really need to listen to what's happening right now and give yourself permission, really. I think that's the most important thing. Give yourself permission to feel stressed. Because I keep telling people, I have written this book and I'll tell you that I also feel stressed and people laugh. But that's being authentic. This is being human. This is saying that no one is immune to feeling stressed, just like no one is immune from feeling having mental distress or mental health difficulties from time to time. It makes sense.
1: Yeah, and thank you for sharing that because we are all in this together, in this being human condition, if you like, and that the fact that you're, you're an expert, you're a psychiatrist, you're a coach and you're an author, and you wrote a book on stress, doesn't make you immune to human really? emotions. Really? <laughs> I, I say
2: so it openly. And I, and I think one thing that's missing, and that's about the you know human being. I have seen people say, oh, we are human, we are human, and it's okay to get stressed, so on. And that's great, but we forget the being aspect and how important that is. And the being aspect is a spiritual aspect I'm bringing in via the psychoeducation. Because as a human, sometimes we think that this is it. We have to be 100% responsible for our life. We have to be 100% responsible for dealing with the stress in our life. And so it makes us overwork and it makes us think that the only way sort of to escape stress or cope with stress or to get on with life is actually to keep stirring the mind and then try to problem solve from this overwhelm mind. But when we look at the beingness, you know, the being side of the human, because it's not a either or, it becomes a full package. So rather than human doing, when we acknowledge that we are human being, we are not meant to be human doing, you know, meant to be human being and we start paying attention to the beingness, to the sort of being part which is about the presence, it's about sort of a deeper connection and not, you know, having to overthink and just making it okay to be where we are. I think that there is a shift in people and then we somehow, still the same situations are out there, the circumstances, the people, they haven't gone away but then there is there's lightness, there's a lightheartedness to our approach to the problems we have. And then we deal with whatever we can deal with. And the things that we can't deal with, we just, you know, maybe we just wait for it to pass or we get other people's help and support.
1: Right. And thank you so much for bringing all this to a very accessible level, sharing it like with examples that we can just remember throughout the day and say, uh-huh okay, this is the moment I feel like I'm really stressed and I won't be able to cope with it. And then we can just step back and just see that thought and feeling. So thank you for sharing with this, Rani. I think it's just priceless. And thank you for also being the role model. You've been a role model for me for many years. But here you are saying, look, I've written the book and I get stressed, but it's okay, you know, that's also fine. That's a part of the practice.
2: Absolutely. And I think this is one of my saving grace. I don't have to pretend to my patients or to people who come to me for coaching that I have got it all sorted. You know, the more I show that, you know, part and parcel of being human is having, you know, our flaws and failing and forgetting truly are. And then we wake up and then we bounce back. And this is what I mean by innate health, innate resilience. And for people to see this, and it's much more simple than we think it is. It's very close. Than we think, you know, we, we think we have to travel somewhere to get it, but actually it's already there.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Rani. I won't keep you any longer. I know it's late and thank you for your time and wherever you're listening to us, everyone listening to us, good night or good morning, wherever you are. And thank you again, Rani. Thank you, I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation.
0: Thank you for listening to the Peaceful Ease Podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with friends and family. Remember, the bigger the support, the more fun the journey becomes. If you'd like to get in touch with Ela, you can reach out to her at PeacefulEase.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be kind to yourself.